Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Welcome. I am your host, Stacy Heller. Stacy Connects is about making connections by asking questions instead of just making assumptions. I find that opening minds is so much easier if you do it with heart and humor. And it's not really my goal to do that. I have just found that, I mean, it is my goal. Uh, It's just something that I have found that curiosity lends itself to optimism and optimism lends itself to uh, opening your mind and learning things. So here I am. If you listen live each week, like my mom and the glop, uh, who are listening this evening, hey gals, uh, I'm sure that there is a cocktail in hand. Uh, so thanks for listening. And if you listen to the podcast, thanks to you too. If you enjoy the show, And for that matter, if you have listened to Don't Ask Me to Talk, the show that Eric and I do on Thursdays from 3 to 4 on uh, Sister Station, Kixie, then you should consider subscribing, sharing, rating, commenting. It actually helps a lot. Now, I will say I never understood the whole like, subscribe, rate, comment spiel that podcasters, influencers, YouTubers, etc. say. First of all, they say it so quickly and they all say it like slam that bell and things like that, which I'm like, I don't even know what that means. However, I am learning that while I believe far more in qualitative results, hearing from people, uh, feedback that I get, I have learned that quantitative results, like the analytics of the show, they can actually increase the quality. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not already getting a quality show with me. Uh, What it means is not in terms of what I do, but more in terms of finding potential sponsors to help pay for the show. That is a huge thing. Um, It would be Nice. This is like therapy each week, which is very helpful. However, who doesn't want to have somebody pay for their therapy each week? Uh, proof of concept. I actually, uh, I help produce some other podcasts. And so having people that comment on the show or rate or subscribe or whatever, when those numbers are up, then it shows that I actually have a devoted following. Uh, It also helps potential guests who are, frankly, far more savvy about this social media thing than I am. And so they will ask, you know, hey, what's your demographic or how many people listen or how many people download? And I'm like, I don't know. I just talk. And occasionally I ask Eric for the analytics and then he gives them to me. And I am like, is that good? I have no idea. Like, I, I don't even know really why I ask you for them. I feel like maybe I'm just supposed to care about that. And so you give them to me and I'm like, that's cool. I have nothing to compare them to. I don't know. So you did get them. I did. That's by good because the way. I didn't hear back. <laughs> I know. By the way, I got them. 
And, uh, and, you know, I, of course, focus on the things like, oh, my gosh, somebody in, like, South Africa is listening to the show. I'm not really paying attention to, you know, the downloads and that kind of thing. However, I am learning that these things really can help and they matter. Yeah. Totally. It can give you a bigger platform. So smash that like button. Be sure and subscribe. <laughs> ring that bell for notifications. See, you know that, it. That's YouTube speak, actually. Yeah. But if, uh, for podcasts, you know, uh, rate and review is a big thing, actually, because it helps uh, bring uh, your uh, podcast to the attention of more people. That's what that's all about. So, yeah. you know, and five-star reviews only, please, because I- that helps. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> absolutely. And and I mean, you know, as I said, I I normally am like, whatever, the people that will find me will find me. I I'm just learning, though, that if if I want to spread the word and I want more people to find the show, yep. then this is the way to do it. Now, let's say for some reason you feel like you really want to give me a four and a half star review. Well, then that's where you can actually text or leave me a voicemail at four, seven, five. Nine 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 two seven two six. I am always open for feedback and ideas and the like. Um, and so, please go ahead and do that. Now you can also call into the show live by calling four two five three seven three five five two seven. That's the number that my mom has on speed dial, and uh, she usually seems to like to call to again talk to Eric and not me it's fine um okay no she she likes to talk to you to dispute what you've said this for is the true first 15 minutes of the show that's true but she's still talking to you that is true through you but yes you're right um okay so my brain dump last week I had an interesting week it's re-entry after getting home from being away for a while uh, with mom and COVID and the whole COVID brain thing. I said it last week. It's really a thing. Um, and so between the reentry in general and then the COVID brain, uh, it was a little tricky. However, I got an opportunity to do some of the things that I love to do best, which is, as I've talked about before, brainstorming ideas and connections for people. I had so many examples of it. I have three major examples that... I talk about making my tail wag, and I had three examples that so made my tail wag last week. A young woman who is friends with my daughter, Grace, she reached out to me. I had run into her in Target a couple months before, and we caught up, how you doing, whatever, shared information. She reached out, and she's ready to embark on her own journey she's interested in maybe being a personal stylist, working with people maybe that are transitioning. She's just trying to figure that out. And then she also has some intuitive gifts that she's exploring. And so the two of us met and I was like, oh, let me introduce you to this person and let me introduce you to these people and to this resource. And I love that so much. I loved that She was vulnerable enough to share what she's doing and what she hopes to do. Uh, I love shocking her when she was talking about her intuitive skills and that she's into that kind of thing. And she's like, wait, you are too? I think that always blows people's mind because I just don't seem like the type. 
Um, and I'm so grateful that I had some connections and some ideas for her to really think about. So that was really fun. Uh, then I have another friend that reached out, and he is on a mission to teach 20-somethings, primarily, but not exclusively, financial literacy. And he is trying to figure out how to kind of have a proof of concept. Like, I know what I want to do. How do I find people? Because I don't want to be a creeper old man that's like, hey, kid, do you want to learn about financial literacy? Uh, you know, that just seems odd. And so we spent probably an hour and a half brainstorming ideas of how to find people, the kinds of questions that they might have, how he can uh, really go from one to one or one to a couple to one to many, uh, because this is something that I'm really passionate about as well. And I even suggested that he do a class like this for people that have gone through divorce. Because I I will say that there's a lot of people out there, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female, depending on if you, if you didn't do your books together, then the other person is going to be clueless uh, when there's a breakup. Or even if you're uh, widowed, you know, it's like, I don't know how to do this. Uh, mom was the one that did the books in our family, and she has a very detailed, like, steal from Peter to pay Paul envelope, back of the checkbook kind of a system. Uh, but it works for her. And if something had happened to her first, dad would have been like, I can't tell if we have no money or a lot of money, uh, which is kind of how she liked it. But um, so I think the financial literacy thing is is so important. So to be able to brainstorm that with him and validate that, like, yes, this is a good idea. How are you going to get it out? And then I have another couple of friends, a young couple, and they are trying to find cheap yet meaningful food, decor, and style options for their wedding in August. And that is really fun and creative. So it was it was a week that the the bad news is I could not really focus on emails and the boring part of my business. The good news is apparently COVID does not impact the creative juices and they were really flowing last week. And so that made me really happy. Um, okay. So the next thing is on Saturday night, I went to axe throwing with Pete and with two other couples. And I'm thinking that axe throwing should be another method of psychological evaluation. Because watching how people, A, approach this, if you've never done it before, are you tentative? Do you just take the axe and just throw it willy-nilly? Do you listen to the instructions or are you just like, just give me the axe? Um, once you get into it, are you the determined sort that just keeps throwing and adjusting your technique? Or do you just throw it at the wall and see if it sticks kind of an approach. It was so interesting watching each person and their approach to doing this and, you know, getting the rhythm of a certain thing. Like there's the medium size axe that you start with. You can go down to a lighter one. You can go up to a larger one. There's also ninja stars. Okay, those are fun. Uh, those I did double fisted. 
And, uh, you know, that makes you feel like, I don't know, a ninja and Spider-Man and whatever all at once. And they even had one that it was sort of like a ninja star, but it was in the shape of a bat. So it felt very Batman. Um, and it was it was really fun. I When I first got there and the first 15 minutes passed, I thought, what are we going to do for this full hour? This is taking forever. Then it turns out that people get into it. And like I said, they find their rhythm. Also, there's definitely something about the male psyche in axe throwing. I'm just saying. Like, watching the guys do it, it's like there's this innate, let me prove that I'm a hunter and a gatherer that comes out. Yeah, you you know, I've never been axe throwing before. Is this like the at a bar or are you outside or where in the woods? What, what's going on? Is this like you can't a fight club kind of thing? You can't really talk about it? No, or? I can talk about it. Okay. So we went to a place called Pacific Axes, which is in Redmond. Uh-huh. And it's in this building that has kind of like, if you think of a bowling alley with the lanes, right? Right. It has these. So this place is dedicated it's to dedicated throwing, to axes. throwing okay. axes. I didn't realize this was popular enough to do I, that because it's kind of like uh, my understanding is it's kind of like darts you know people throw darts at a bar have fun have yes. a couple drinks try not to stab each other <laughs> so yes. the 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 idea that a whole thing would be dedicated to axe throwing is interesting to me but it's popular enough now then i guess that it has its own spot it's got its own spot okay now i will say that you know they have waters that you can buy and you can bring in your own snacks and your own food Mm -hmm. they at this point they don't have the bar element which is i go back and forth like it's probably a good thing but also it's definitely something that you feel like you know like hey i'd like to sip on my beer or whatever Right, but you probably don't want intoxicated people handling axes, right. tossing axes around. Yeah. Right, so it's a tricky thing. Yeah. Uh, and so it's a dedicated but space. But I, I, I know that I've heard of that, that <laughs> some bars it, have axe throwing it, as yeah. something available as a, like, a, like in lieu of darts or video games or whatever. Yep. So and it's, it, it's happening out there. It's so happening out be there. Be careful, folks. And, you know, and the, the, I mean, the the overhead is pretty low. Just get a bunch of axes and they wrap them in the like no slip grip tape, and uh, you know they they obviously get some new pieces of fairly soft wood. It's not like you're putting it in the hardest wood, and they have the target on there, and uh, you know you kind of figure out your technique. They do have the uh, the axe master, I think, uh, aka employees that tell you how to throw, and it's. You know when somebody hands you a hot plate at a restaurant and they're like, you know, oh, hey, don't touch it. It's hot. And the first thing you do is you're like, you touch it. Well, (laughs) I don't don't either. But there are a lot of people that just like can't help themselves. Okay. So with this, like with the Ninja Star, I noticed that when the Axe Master said, okay, so you can throw the Ninja Star uh, vertically. So just like throwing it kind of over your head. Or you can try horizontally. However, horizontal, it's very hard to get enough power to have it connect. Mm -hmm. Naturally, what did every single husband do, all three of them? Horizontal. Horizontal. All right. 100%. (laughs) I mean, I was like, there's seriously something about, 
you know, I mean, I suppose this is true of anything, but just how you approach. And I'm so like, a, I'm just going to throw it at the wall and see what sticks. There is no consistency. I I went up and I was the only one that had been before. And I just like, I threw the axe and it, I landed it and was like, done. I like, I don't need to do any more. I am woman, hear me roar. Uh, because then you get thrown off your rhythm and then it stops working and whatever. But it was very, very fun. Um, okay. I know I'm running long today. However, these are important things to talk about <laughs> in my mind. And it's my show, right? Sure. Until I get a sponsor that tells me to talk about something else. That's right. I mean. Then you'll chop down this segment. Oh, no, I see what you did there. No you mean I'll that. ax it? That, well, that's up to you <laughs> if you want to get rid of it altogether. Well, I don't know. A potential <laughs> sponsor might ax me to, to get rid of it. Uh, uh, oh, uh. boy. All right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yesterday marked 30 years of wedded bliss. Pete and I have been married for 30 years. It seems like just yesterday. It's actually freaky to me that I could have a 30-year-old child. I mean, I have a 26-year-old child, so it's not... It's just so odd. And... Well, congratulations to you both, and I'm glad that it was wedded bliss because... Otherwise, that axe-throwing story might have been an entirely different thing. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it's true. And if you think that I didn't use, like, anger about some things to help me get some uh, bullseye, you're wrong. (laughs) And that is why it's wedded bless. I was trying to think about, um, yesterday I posted something on Instagram, you know, to make it Instagram official, because it's not official unless you post something. And... I had commissioned a painting to be done that told sort of the story of our marriage and East Coast to West Coast. And uh, the artist, his name is Donald Robertson. You can find him on Instagram as Robertson. And he did the four kids and, and Pete and me and the cats and the colorful nature of our home. And there's just the, the um, colorfulness and joyfulness of our home and you know it's like yeah it's been 30 years of loving him but then is love enough and I've decided that love is not enough that there's that like admiration or respect or whatever it is that uh, at the end of the day sometimes love is not enough you need other things to like what's the expression like a man cannot live on like bread alone or something. Yeah. Right? And so while you think that it's enough to sustain, it's really not. And so what I have found is that at times when, uh, it's not that I've ever questioned the love, but again, when it hasn't been enough, there's that the humor or the patience or the, um, like I said, that admiration or ridiculousness, whatever it is, that is actually what has made our marriage last. So for those of you that are in relationships and maybe you're not married yet, or maybe you're going through that period where you're like, seriously, like I have to do this for like another forever hundred years. Um, you know, remember, it's not just about the love. Um, okay. Now, Let's take a quick break here because I was going to do a Staceyism that tied into our guest. However, my guest has not showed up yet. And so I may, during the break, 
pivot in the words of David Schwimmer on Friends. So let's take a quick break here. And then when we come back, we'll see where we land. Be right back. Looking to reconnect with your partner, spouse, kids, or self? When the disconnect seemingly has been there for a lifetime and is impacting your relationships, it's difficult to determine how and where to start. But At The Root with Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling is the perfect first step. Throughout each episode, Greg talks about establishing emotional connection with ourselves and others. He offers experience, advice, explanation, and resources to listeners. You can find past episodes on his website, KuiperCounseling.com, or through his YouTube channel, Connection Through Awareness with Greg Kuiper. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture, or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. So my guest today was supposed to be Kelly Tallon Franklin. She is the chief executive director of Courage for Freedom and the Project Maple Leaf program, which is a program that is about um, how do I it's it's essentially sex trafficking. And um, exploiting, you know, protecting um, children that are exploited in the uh, sex trade. And I met her because of a uh, because of Dan Perdue, who is a friend of mine. And what makes me laugh about how people can get connected is that she connected with him on Facebook, thinking that he was a high school classmate of hers from forever ago, and. Uh, Dan is a curious enough person that uh, when she befriended him, he was like, sure, I'll be friends with you. I don't know who you are. And looked into what she was doing and thought, wow, that's cool. And then she's like, oops, you're not who I thought you were. And he was like, well, I still want to be friends with you because you're interesting. So he ended up connecting me with her. She's in Canada. And the work that she does is really amazing. She herself is a survivor of this. And so I was looking forward to the conversation. I was going to then pivot with my Staceyism, but I think I'm going to go ahead and share it. So um, June 9th was National Sex Day, which got me to thinking um, about having this conversation and with Kelly coming on the show and, and uh, you know, thinking about that, it took me to... Realize a couple of things. One, I don't usually have a two-part Staceyism, so this is kind of exciting. One, uh, that everyone should have the opportunity to choose their own first time. And 
with the work that Kelly does, obviously that is not necessarily the case. Uh, and and that that's something that everyone should get to choose. And thinking about how we have spoken to our kids and educated them about a healthy life as it as it relates to love and sex, uh, teaching young people that they, all things considered, again, not everybody, but hopefully most, they have that opportunity to choose their first time and that everyone remembers the first time. And so therefore, you get to control the narrative. And that's the thing that we talked to our kids about, that uh, women especially, I don't know about you that are listening, you get together for a book group or for uh, just a women's happy hour or whatever. And if something comes up, women will go very deep very quickly. So, you know, women share these things. And so thinking about these stories, whomever you are, that you get to choose what you want that to look like. And that was the way to empower our kids that, you know, you don't want it to be with this person or in the back of a car or on a Tuesday or at night or whatever it is, you get to choose and control the narrative. And that can be empowering for both young men, young women, or those that identify as they, them. It it doesn't matter. And just giving people the power to recognize that choose your narrative and then you can control the story around it. So it's such a tricky conversation to talk about. So many people shy away from it uh, within their own homes, let alone talking about it on the radio. However, I tend to not shy away from talking about things and have a general rule that if I can speak about it with, uh, again, that perspective that opens people's minds up and gets them thinking, then I want to talk about the uncomfortable thing. And it is something that... My mom and dad, they were always uh, very open and honest for the most part. And I took that to heart and believed in doing the same thing with my kids. And so just for those of you that have young kids at home and you're trying to figure out how to approach this subject, um, you know, the mechanics, obviously important, but really talk about that empowering them to make a choice because that choice will be with them forever um okay so since my guest isn't here and i talked about this uh i don't want to say heavy but you know more serious stasiism i figured i would then switch gears and talk about a couple of other stasisms that I haven't shared in a little while or things that I have said recently that I'm like, oh, I don't know if I've shared that one. Um, I was talking with a client of mine today and we were talking about uh, she's doing a talk in August and the general theme of the presentation that she's doing is victim versus victor mentality and the quote 
that we found about this topic was something along the lines of um, if you if you can have if you have a victim mentality, um, then that is going to become your reality. And so it's kind of like what you put out in the universe, right? Uh, the whole manifesting thing. And I will take that even to the the fixed point on the road. I always talk to the kids and other people about the fixed point on the on the road. If you see a car accident or you see some kind of confusion or something on the road, then you tend to drive towards it. You steer towards that mayhem versus staying the course. And so that is something that I learned from my really uh, bad driving instructor. And it has stayed with me, not in terms of driving, of course, because that would make way too much sense, but rather uh, but rather in terms of a life philosophy. Okay, I found the quote. It says, a victor's mentality becomes a victor's reality. And so this idea that what you put out that's positive, um, if that is your mentality, then it will become your reality. So that is a stasiism that I am a big, big fan of. Uh, the other thing um, that I would say is I'm trying to think of things that I have recently been experiencing. Uh, one of them is I ran into somebody today that I haven't seen in a really long time. And it's interesting because I could make up a whole bunch of different stories about what's going on. Um, and it was a really interesting moment that brought me back to something that Maya Angelou said, which is when people show themselves to you, believe them the first time. And seeing this person for the first time in a really long time, you know, good person had a whole bunch of drama that they were catching me up on. And I thought, you know, wow, that's not the person that I know. And then I thought, isn't it? And in thinking back on some things that I don't know if it's my generation or if it's because I've been taught to accept certain things or, or what it is, but I realized that there were some things that I just didn't even raise an eyebrow about. And in thinking about it, I'm like, that doesn't surprise me. And that is has always been a very powerful philosophy that if you don't like how you're being treated by a significant other or by a potential friend or a coworker or whatever it is, uh, you know, take it at face value. They have potentially showed themselves to you and and believe that. Um, okay, another one that has come up. My, my belief that you need to do the work. So this morning I was in the shower. You don't need to get into the Laura details. Uh, it was, it was wet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I am, you know, in the shower, that's where I pray or meditate or, you know, whatever it is, whatever your belief system is, fill in whatever word makes you comfortable. And I suddenly had this thought come through my head, which was, you get to design your own life. And that is such an obvious thing. And yet it's like you could have knocked me over with a feather. And this 
this understanding that if I'm not a morning person, then I don't have to work in the morning, but then stop being upset that I haven't done anything in the morning. Uh, Or, you know, gee, I don't get to see my friends as much as I want. All of these different things that go through my head when I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed or overworked or whatever it is. And it's such a silly thing. It was just this right moment where I thought, I need to design exactly what I want it to look like. I I don't have to do anything I don't want to. I am fortunate that I have my own business, and so I'm aware of that. Uh, but just blocking this time and making decisions that can really impact then how I live my life. And so that's the do the work. I realize with that that I can't have my cake and eat it too, though. I can't say, gee, I want to you know, sleep until 10 and then stop working at two. Well, that's not going to work. So I'm going to have to have some trade-offs. And what's more important to me, the having the time free in the afternoon or the sleeping late? Well, do I really sleep late or am I just on my phone wasting time? So it was this, this moment of clarity that I really had to recognize without any kind of judgment that how do I spend my time and that I can design what my life looks like with some adjustments to my calendar. Yeah, a lot of self-reflection lately. It's not really that fun. I'm wondering if it's part of the whole COVID brain. Like maybe my life is very slowly running before my eyes. And so I'm trying to make adjustments for this next chapter. I'm not really sure. Um, Okay, let's see. What's another one? Um, um, I'm going through my whole list of things. Um, oh, this is a good one for anybody that's young out there. Um, always tell your parents one truth just in case. So Charlie is home for the summer and that means that he's hanging out with friends. They're off doing God knows what with God knows who. He is going into a sophomore year of college and, you know, He, with, I think with most young people, the shortest distance between mom and dad and being left alone is a lie. And it's not that half the time I don't think they're doing something bad. I think they're just like, I don't feel like getting into it. If I tell you the whole story, it requires a conversation, and I really don't want a conversation with you. So kids are going to lie. However, Train your kids, encourage them to tell one truth, because if something happens, then you know either where they are or who they're with or some aspect of what's going on so that you can always be connected with them. Um, Okay. Uh, Also with kids, the circle of trust. My kids and I have created this thing that when the circle of trust is is enacted, somebody says circle of trust, it means that you can't tell anyone. You can't tell your girlfriend, like, you know, when you're getting together for coffee, like, oh, my gosh, you know, so-and-so told me this. Isn't that cute? Or that's crazy or whatever it is. You really have to honor the circle of trust because when you break that, it can do irreparable damage to your relationship with your kids. Um, now that said, you can ask permission that 
maybe they've shared something with you that you want to share or you want to get advice on or help on or something, asking permission to share, that's a different thing. Um, and really setting the parameters for like, what does that mean? Um, it's just so important to to do that. By the way, I'm like, I'm extolling all these things and I have done like some of them and have learned the hard way that I should be doing way more of them. Uh, like, I feel like I'm a really good parent and person on paper and I'm a messy, complicated, uh, incomplete trial and error version of this one that I'm presenting. Uh, but that's okay. That's partly what the show is about. Um, so let's see. Here's another one. If you think something's gone wrong, maybe nothing has gone wrong. Maybe it's just part of the process and you need to trust it. Right? Uh, so often when we don't get what we want or, you know, kids that are headed off to college, if they're not going to the college that they want or, you know, your kids, a lot of the kids that are coming back from their freshman year like Charlie are finding that they're not happy with school. I think a lot of these kids were robbed of the opportunity to visit colleges, figure out what they want. They were essentially in isolation for most of their junior years of high school and senior years, and it's really impacted. And so there is things haven't gone wrong. It's just a process and you have an opportunity to figure out, okay, what do you want instead? What, what do you want to be curious about? What do you like? What do you not like? Uh, it's fascinating to me watching this generation of kids figure these things out. And they're so used to having things done for them. Um, I'll throw Charlie under the bus because he's, I'm sure, not listening. Uh, while he was trying to figure out job applications this week to find a job, I, of course, am like, apply to like a million places and, you know, and go into the place, say hello, introduce yourself, have a resume, be prepared to fill out an application. You'll get a job right away. He knows better. He's doing it online. So there's a whole process. And, you know, having him fill out his CV or his resume and create one. Well, how do I make one? Well, you could look up a template. You know, well, where would I find that? I'm like, you're the kid that built a computer. I think you can figure out how to find a template for a resume or a CV. Uh, and then, well, what were my what were my job responsibilities when I worked at this place? I don't know. I wasn't there. And, you know, and then the same thing with another job that he had and trying to get a sense of those things. And it's so interesting because it made me self-aware of how much information did I feed him in the past that now that he needs some of these soft skills, he's not able to do them. And, you know, even down to how do you spell restaurant? I'm like, uh, maybe try looking it up or there's probably spell check. And... It's just it's making me aware of this. And I have asked around with my friends who have kids that are around the same age. Like, is this just my kid? Is this a universal truth? 
And apparently this is a a universal truth that is that's happening. Um, it seems like kids that were born after the year 2000, let's say, Charlie's 2002, um, really are that computer tech mobile access to a phone generation. And so the whole idea of, you know, they will look up exactly what they want and find it, but then realizing that there is also a whole bunch of information on other things as well. Uh, But the easiest thing for them to do is ask mom and dad. And so that has been really interesting. Um, It's going to be a long summer of learning. (laughs) And I think it is as much for me as it is for Charlie and for other parents and kids out there that have kids that, you know, they're back and they're not accustomed to doing some of these things and trying to figure out these skills. And I've been racking my brain for, you know, the classic, where did I go wrong? And it's really about the engagement. You know, I think about the other kids. um, I've got three other kids that are older, not that much older, um, but they all would do their homework at the kitchen counter or at the kitchen table. And Charlie is whip smart and he would get his homework done on the bus, even in high school. And so he would come home and his idea of, you know, the afternoon snack and downtime was to go play games. And so he did that. And I'll be transparent. When you've got the three other kids that you're helping them with their homework and their activities and whatever, you lose track. And so he's upstairs doing his thing. And before you know it, we're working on dinner and we had the opportunity to say, hey, Will, can you come and chop this for me? Well, I don't know how to. Well, let me show you. You know, hey, Grace, move over the laundry, these kinds of things. Charlie and being absent from those dynamics really suffered in the greater context of how to do some of these skills. And so uh, needing to reteach, you know, that is something I realized that in hindsight with some of this, Charlie's mind didn't turn to mush because he played on the Leapster or he went on the internet or he built a computer and he likes to play video games. Uh, Charlie's mind isn't mush at all. It's just that those life skills, those soft skills, there wasn't the opportunity for engagement and to learn those things. And the seeing and the doing are really important. And so I guess that's my cautionary tale about that. Wow, this show is like so, so full of uh, nuggets of wisdom. Let's take a break. And then when I come back, maybe I'll have like something funny to say. <laughs> Keep listening to Stacy Connects. I will be right back after this message. Stacy Heller is many things entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, 
go to stacyconnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Too many relationships are adversely affected by wounds from our past. Lack of connection, unhappiness, shame, and regret are just some of the fallouts we experience when we choose to avoid addressing those wounds. Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling is a psychotherapist committed to reestablishing connection with self to create greater connection with others. His work with teens, individuals, couples, and those struggling with substance use. If you struggle with old wounds or unhealthy narratives, get to the root of them in yourself by contacting Greg Kuiper at KuiperCounseling.com. That's KuiperCounseling.com. Make it a great day. Keep your dial on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Stacy Connects. I feel like this particular episode needs to be called Stuck in the Car with Stacy because this is what I used to do to my kids. They were stuck in the car with me and I would lecture them. So I'm going to switch gears and we're going to talk about how I went to see Top Gun. Eric, have you seen it? I have not seen uh, the original nor the sequel. Okay. But I'm hearing good things. I saw the original, obviously, when it came out however long ago. And, you know, it was fun. It was a popcorn movie, as they used to call them, right? You know, there was like action, adventure, a little romance. There was guys shirtless playing volleyball. Um, All the hallmarks of a good summer movie. And I have never been a like, oh my gosh, Tom Cruise is like the like most amazing whatever. Um, But I have an appreciation and Pete really wanted to see the movie. And so I was like, let's go. So for our anniversary. You you saw the original like back in the. Back in the day. 80s or whenever it was. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and and it was good. Um, Like I said, like enjoy it for what it is. And so for our anniversary. Uh, we have set up right from the beginning of our marriage that anniversaries are overrated. There's too much pressure. So on our first anniversary, we got brunch together and then we bought a badminton set and we played badminton. And forevermore, we end up doing something very low key. And so last night we went to the movies. I didn't think I wanted to see it. And so it was my... um, Concession. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> so I was like, sure, I'll go with you. A concession with concessions, because uh, no doubt you had popcorn. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and like, and with the buttery topping, which, I mean, is like- Gotta have that buttery topping. Gotta have the buttery topping. And then like you take a little bit of salt and you like do the whole salt bay thing and you put a little salt on. Yeah, it's a thing. That's a, that's a little much for me. I, I typically find it's salty enough, but- uh, I'm I am salty. <laughs> you are you are saltier than me. It is true. I am very I am much more salty than you. So went and didn't have expectations really around it. I'll tell you what. It was good. It was really good. It was um there were a lot of callbacks to the original. So if you haven't seen the original, then you don't have to see it first. Uh, you could watch it after the fact and be like, oh, okay, here's this, this makes sense, et cetera. Um, it can certainly stand alone. It was it was really good, though. Um, you know, it shows the tradition of things like 
you know, the military, right? You know, it's it's set in Fighter Town, USA, in California. And, like, it's literally where the, I think, the uh, naval base for the Top Gun group is. And so, like, things aren't going to change that much. Like, they're there, they're training. Like, so there's that repetition and, and that whole idea. And... And then other things have changed, like the technology and the things that they're dealing with. You know, there's a moment in the movie where uh, one of the, I don't know, generals, admirals, whoever it is, is talking about how at some point uh, they're not going to need pilots anymore because they're not going to need to have that. And then there's no loss of human life and all of that. But it's like, okay, but, you know, as fighter pilots, we're able to think about things and adjust and, you know, whatever. So that was really interesting. Um, it was also slightly emotional because there's uh, a connection with the original story and, you know, a former um, um, friend and literal wingman and the whole thing. I was really surprised that I walked away. The thing that was the best, and Charlie came out on our anniversary date with us, uh, it was super romantic. And especially since he decided to sit between us. Anyway, I digress. Um, he commented on. You walked away with something. You yeah. didn't just walk away. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. He talked about. Sometimes you I, leave a sentence I do. And I, I <laughs> just do. want to clarify. Well, that. it's but the whole ahead. ADHD squirrel thing. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the flying sequences were unbelievable. And it was evident that they were real and that it wasn't just like, I'm in a flying simulator. Right. Like, it was amazing. So uh, worth seeing it. If you like a good popcorn movie, worth seeing. The other movie that I watched the other night on a whim was the movie Hustle with Adam Sandler. And that was really good. Uh he plays a. Um, is this a newer movie or yeah. an older movie? Because I don't it's think a, I've heard of it. Yet. It's a newer movie. It just came out. I think last week. It's like number one on Netflix. He plays a um, uh, what you call it? Like a scout for the Seventy Sixers and trying to find talent and okay. travels everywhere. He's married to Queen Latifah in the movie, and the the litany of NBA star power that had cameos in this thing was unbelievable. So Pete, who is a big fan of uh, sports in general and and basketball, he was like, oh, there's so-and-so, and and there's so-and-so, and and there's so-and-so. And And new talent, old talent, the whole thing. And it was a really, really good movie. It's another one of those where I'm like, fine, I'll make a concession and I'll watch this. I'll probably fall asleep. I was awake through the entire thing and really enjoyed it. So... Uh, then Pete made a concession, and we watched, which I watched this with my mother when we were visiting, a perfect pairing. This, the movie with Victoria Justice that is essentially like a Hallmark movie on Netflix where she's the overworked from the city girl that wants to uh, represent a wine label and travels to Australia to go get what she wants. And naturally, she has to prove herself by being a, not a jackaroo, a jillaroo. And uh, it was called A Perfect Pairing. And it was really cute. And so I made Pete watch that. 
And so uh, we were learning give all of Give and take. That's what it's Give and about. take, right? And it was kind of cute. So if you're like a rom-com person or, you know, you're trying to figure out like some balance between watching some movie that, you know, whomever likes, then that was kind of cute. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then that's kind of it. I don't, I haven't watched anything else. I keep getting recommendations from people, but those three things were pretty cute. Um, and I've heard amazing things about, uh, oh, somebody just told me about it uh, yesterday. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to remember what it was. Um, but there's so many different things out there to watch. I, I kind of can't keep track of it all. And I really like just finding something randomly yeah. and not following the trend. What can I say? I'm a maverick. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> you know, maverick's part of Top Gun. I, I yeah, got yeah. it. Okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> um, well, so this has been a uh, nothing like pivoting and figuring out what I'm going to talk about in the moment. I'm bummed that Kelly couldn't join the show today. Like I said, the work that she does, I've I've had a conversation with her, and the work that she does is is really just amazing with her organization, um, Courage for Freedom. And then you can also look up Project Maple Leaf. And I'm also uh, realizing, as I said, that it was basically like being stuck in the car with me. And so now you all know what it's like to be my child. I basically lecture you with these nuggets of wisdom that I think are brilliant and that I may or may not practice. So... This is why all of my children have at some point been to therapy. Um, so there's that. And then, of course, the uh, the things that you need to watch on TV and my advice about marriage. So there's all that. And if you are looking for a good time on Thursdays between 3 and 4, you can listen to Eric and I on Don't Ask Me to Talk on Kixie. You can also check out the podcast. There we talk about... What's good? And that show does have a sponsor, and that sponsor is Vance Dingfelder of Dingfelder's Delicatessen. And that's always good. That's always good. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we focus on. And um, I think that's it. I'm just I'm just going to go off into the sunset like a good popcorn movie today <laughs> and uh, wish everybody a really good week and uh, make sure that you stay connected. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.